You're listening to the Exceptional Business Podcast, episode 13, Common Questions Answered in Tax Season. Welcome to the Exceptional Business Podcast, hosted by Nicondra Moran. Join me in this podcast as I discuss all the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, how that intertwines with life and our own personal journey to success and freedom. Hello, hello, everyone. Hope everyone is well. This podcast episode is just going to cover a few common questions that I get either during tax season or ahead of tax season. So hope that it will give you some good information that you can think about or just know as an FYI in your business. So the first question I get all the time (laughs) in my Facebook group or in my membership is, should I pay taxes annually or quarterly? So When I think of annually, I think of the April due date. And when I think of quarterly, I think of estimated tax payments. So you have all different types of taxes. You have payroll taxes, sales taxes, income taxes, and so forth. But for the purpose of this question, I'm going to be addressing income taxes. Should you pay income taxes on an annual basis or a quarterly basis? And the answer to that question is, it depends, right? It is going to be based on the performance of your business or your tax situation. And this is why it's so important for you not to go on Google or all bunch of Facebook groups because, you know, someone, you know, that single living in California could have a completely different tax rate than someone who's married with kids living in Texas. But to give you just like a generalized answer, not to be construed as actual tax advice, but giving you the rules from the IRS is, you know, the IRS says that if you expect to owe $1,000 or more, you need to be making quarterly estimated tax payments. So if you generally owe, especially if you owe over $1,000, then yes, you need to be making your payments on a quarterly basis. So you should be making quarterly estimated tax payments so that when you get ready to file, you do not owe a significant amount. So I always say the IRS considers taxes a pay-as-you-go system. So when you are working and you're receiving a W-2, you know when you get your paycheck, they have already taken out taxes. They've taken out payroll, you know, Social Security, Medicare taxes. They've taken out federal taxes and state taxes. But when you are self-employed, you are getting everything in your pocket. If you're operating as a sole proprietor, you're filing a Schedule C, everything that you're getting is coming into your pocket. So then you are responsible for paying income tax and self-employment tax. And you do that through paying four quarterly estimated tax payments. And if you do owe over $1,000 or more, the IRS will assess what's called a, a failure to make adequate estimated tax payment penalty on your tax balance. So to answer your question, I would say if you expect to owe over $1,000 or more, then yes, you need to be paying on a, on a quarterly basis. 
So that is the differences in the questions on should I be paying annually or should I be paying quarterly? The IRS does not want you owing five, ten thousand dollars, whatever your balance could potentially be. They don't want that all to be paid in April. They preferably want that to be paid by way of quarterly estimated tax payments. If you need more resources on this, you can go to our website for any of the questions that I'm answering here on today. All right. Next question I got is, or another question that I get very frequently is, what is a valid tax deduction for your business? So what I always tell my clients is a tax deduction is anything that is ordinary and necessary for your business. So the IRS, that is their definition of what a valid business expense is for your business. Ordinary is something that's ordinarily purchased in your industry. I always give an example of a photographer or even an accountant with a camera be a ordinary expense that's purchased in a photographer's industry? Absolutely. Would a calculator be something that's ordinarily purchased in an accountant's industry? Absolutely. And then also, is it necessary? Was it necessary for you to be able to purchase that camera or that calculator in order for you to be able to do your service? Absolutely. But that could also pour over into other things such as business programs or coaching training courses and things like that, that could all be versions and and forms of business expenses as well. It's something that's ordinarily purchased in your industry to be able to have continuing education. And it's something that is necessary because it allows you to be able to learn more expertise so that you can grow your business and make more income. So when you are thinking about whether a deduction or a business expense If you're thinking about whether it's valid or not, you should ask yourself those two questions. Is it something that's ordinarily purchased in my industry? And is it something that was necessary? If that expense checks those two boxes, then you can consider that a valid business deduction. All right. So next question I have is when is the tax deadline for 2023? The tax deadline for Well, for the 2022 tax year is April 18th of 2022. So it's Monday, April 18th. It's generally April 15th, but if it falls on a holiday or a weekend, then it is moved to the next business date. So the due date for 2022's tax preparation is April 18th. All right. Next question that I get a lot is, should I file a tax extension? So if you are close, depending on if you generally have to file an extension or if you are just thinking in general, should you file an extension? It depends. It will depend on your particular situation. So I would say if your bookkeeping is not up to date, so you don't have all your income and your expenses to be able to properly provide accurate numbers, that's one reason to file an extension. Another reason is if you're trying to still figure out or include any additional deductions. So if there's, you know, if you want to make a retirement contribution, you know that you can do that up to the due date of your return, including extension. So that could be a strategy for you to be able to add 
that additional deduction for you to claim on your tax return. So if there are any other like deductions or things that you are still trying to kind of figure out, that would be another reason why you filing a tax extension would be beneficial. So I would say the answer to that question is it depends. If you don't have all your documents in order, then those are all good reasons to file a tax extension, which will give you an additional six months of time to file your tax return. But keep in mind that it only gives you an additional six months of time to file and not time to pay. So any tax that you owed or that you will owe by the April due date is still due. So you're still expected to pay whatever amount of taxes that you owe. So the extension, and and I get this a lot. So they say, so a lot of my clients will say, well, what's the point of filing an extension if you are still, if the IRS is still going to charge me penalties and interest until I pay the balance? It just prevents another penalty. So there are several types of penalties that the IRS assesses. They assess payments for not making adequate estimated tax payments. There's penalties for not filing. There's penalties for not paying. There's other penalties. So when you file an extension, it prevents the failure to file penalty from being assessed on the account, allowing the IRS to know that you need an addition, you need additional time to file, but it doesn't stop the assessment of penalties and interest by not paying. There's no extension of time to pay that will stop the penalties and interest. Even if you set up a payment plan with the IRS, that gives you additional time, but it doesn't stop the penalties and interest from accruing on the account. <laughs> so then some you know, of my clients or even taxpayers may say, well, what's the point of having a payment plan with the IRS if they're still going to charge me penalties and interest? The benefit to that is it prevents collection. It puts you in a particular status. Now, of course, it'll depend on certain factors. Every tax situation is different, but if you have like a relatively small balance, like if it's, and I know this may not be small to you, but to the IRS, they deal with all different types of amounts, but like, let's say it's under 25,000, you know, it prevents collection action. So it puts your account in a particular status so that the IRS is not continuing to send you bills because eventually if you do not pay or you do not set up some type of payment plan with the IRS, you will continue to get bills and the bills will continue to come. And eventually the last bill you get will likely come to you certified. And that's the last bill that you get before your account goes to collections where they could try and attempt to take collection action on your account. So you setting up that payment plan It shows your intention with the IRS and it updates your tax account that reflects that you're in a payment plan so that you don't continue to get notices and your account doesn't go to collections. So I hope that helps, but just keep in mind of the filing due date. It's only an extension of time to file and not an extension of time to pay. So if your bookkeeping is not up to date, you don't have all of your documents, you're trying to make sure you have sufficient cash flow if you want to make a last-minute retirement contribution. These are all good reasons to file a tax extension. All right, next question is, 
what do I do if my taxes are late? And I feel like that kind of goes into what I just discussed as far as, you know, if your taxes are late, you file an extension. But let's say if your payment is late, you need to pay as much as you can to try to reduce the balance as well as the accrual of penalties and interest on the account because the penalties and interest accrue on the balance. And then ultimately, if you cannot pay by the April due date, then you can request a payment plan, whether that's an extension of time to pay that the IRS has, or you can set up what's called an installment agreement, which is a monthly payment amount that you pay to the IRS on a certain due date of each month. I have more information about this in our resources section, as well as in my blog post that can help you see the differences between what these payment plans are as well. All right, so another question that I get is what does an IRS audit mean for my business? So an audit, examination, these are all very scary terms to people in general, taxpayers, you don't even have to be self-employed. Just in general, nobody wants to be audited. Nobody wants to be examined and questioned by the Internal Revenue Service. But an audit means for your business may be different than an audit for the personal side to your return. But basically, the IRS has chosen to investigate. They have chosen to do a deep dive into a particular aspect or theme of your tax return to ensure that you have filed your taxes correctly. So there are several different audits that I have seen in my experience working at the IRS. I have seen business audits. I have seen audits for credits, like the earned income credit is a a big one. So these are all different types of audits that the IRS may do. And it's all to ensure that you are, in fact, actually eligible to claim what you have put on the return. So the IRS could be investigating or questioning certain aspects of your return. They could be looking into certain business income and expenses. They may be looking to determine if your business actually qualifies as a business or is it a hobby, especially if you are running consecutive losses where you always have a loss in your business. And that could also be a red flag to the IRS and they could probe more to determine, is this really a business or is this a hobby? Also any credits, like, you know, if you claimed a lot of travel expenses or a lot of meal expenses. So really in general, what an IRS audit means is that the IRS has decided to investigate certain credits, deductions, or certain aspects of your return to get more information to verify and determine if you were in fact eligible to claim it. So I have more information about this on my website as well. And I also have a blog post that talks about 10 red flags when filing your taxes, which will give you more information as far as like things that you can put into place to maybe help audit proof your business. I also feel like that would be a good podcast episode as well. So maybe that may be something that I create for the future. Maybe just some red flags as an FYI to think of. So I hope that this has been helpful and gave you like just some really good information about common questions. 
that you may have thought about or that you may have wanted to know the answer to when you are approaching tax season or as the year is ahead. So hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. For all your bookkeeping, tax, business consulting, and coaching needs, check out our website, www.exceptionaltaxservices.com. We have resources and done-for-you services that can assist you in your entrepreneurial journey.